Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Y.O. Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where guests share the deepest details of what they are into so we can gain inspiration and understanding of our own wants and maybe even get some communication practice for our own sex lives. And for some of us, even with a lot of practice talking out loud about sex and fantasy, that is still hard sometimes. But in this episode, the hardness is penis-related, and feel free to let me know what you think of Ryan's sexual communication skills. Our guest today is a 40-year-old Iranian cis male who was raised in a Muslim family, is married, monogamous, and has been with his partner for eight years. He's into giving anal, threesomes, trans women, cum shots and facials, a director of an engineering branch born in Iran and living in the Midwest. Welcome, Ryan. Hi. How are you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. I'm excited to talk to you. If you have to rate yourself on a sexual shame with one being totally shameless and ten being super full of shame, where do you fall right now? Generally speaking, uh, three, but with you, I believe uh, one or even zero. Yay! <laughs> that makes me happy. Can you say why you're a regular a three? When I don't know some people around me, I don't want to talk about too much details. I don't know if it is because of I'm shy or I don't want to share detail with the people I don't know. You know, generally it's like three. I get it. I need permission too. I still don't talk about sexy stuff like with my family and stuff. Like I have to like know the other person wants to. Although this is the first time I'm seeing you, I think I have known you for a long time. Love it. I love it. Okay. Can you just give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and your favorite parts? Sure. I'm married since 2018. I've been with my wife since 2015. I have been totally monogamous when I started the relationship with her. Hmm. We don't do kinky stuff. I miss sometimes those things, but I promise myself. Not to be a cheater, not do something behind her. I'm glad I promised myself like that. 
but before 2015, I did a lot of things, and I was probably the kinkiest person in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear details. But first, can you tell us, what does sexy mean to you? What is sexy in your personal definition? Sexy means something that can generally turn me on or capture my eyes. I cannot explain generally. If I see something sexy, like sexy laundry, sexy pantyhose, sexy thong, and sexy body, nice perfume, uh, the way that someone talks, the way that someone walks, like sexy car, sexy house, you know, sexy whatever, sexy coffee shop. Love it. Anything that I can somehow relate to sexual thing defined to me as a sexy thing. I love that definition. And I also love the idea of using that word in my head more. In the last couple of recordings that I did with guests, I noticed that I was saying, oh, that's hot, hot, so hot, hot. So like hot is my word of the moment. So I love the idea of being like, oh, sexy coffee shop. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us in your early years, did you ever learn about consent in an explicit way as you were growing up? No, I was a very curious guy. When I was probably four, I was in daycare. I remember I started talking to this girl. I still remember her name. And I convinced her to go to the bathroom with me. And we show our private part to each other. And I don't remember that much else about daycare. Growing up in a Muslim community, Muslim family. Although my parents were open-minded, we never talked about sex that much. The community is anti free sex. The sex was defined basically a monogamous, not only relationship, marriage through the marriage. But growing up, I started reading books, finding different material to get familiar with what sex means. Basically, I learned from friends, then porn became available, VHS first, and then internet came. You know, I can tell that I educated myself in sexual field. Okay. Do you have a memory of a moment where there was an explicit yes between you and a partner that was really hot for you? Back when I was 19, I started my first long-term relationship, and we were very close to each other. We fell in love, and we had a lot of kinky sex together. We didn't try any other like threesome or other things, but anal was always an option, and, you know different locations, kinky sex, the place that we could have been caught. And in Muslim community, it's very dangerous. And if you're arrested, there is a big punishment for you. But that was the thing that turned us on. And she also sometimes offered me to go to different places. And I said, yes. And also sometimes I would say, do you want to do this? Do you want to go there? Do you want to do this together and find other location? And show us a yes. And that's the turn. I, I don't want to just fight or I don't want to convince someone to do something kinky. And she was on the same page. It didn't work very well. She cheated on me, but we had a good time together. Wow. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to hear more of these details. First, what happens to your shame meter when it's time to talk to a partner about safer sex? And what have your best versions of that conversation gone like? I have no problem. If I didn't know someone, it was our first time. I always offered to wear a condom unless we wanted to go to a relationship. We both tested. And if we had to go different places and we knew that something is going to happen, I used always condom with other people. But exclusively with someone that I don't know or I didn't know, I always use protection. Beautiful. Fuck yeah. 
that experience in daycare, was that your first kind of like memory? Like, did you even equate that experience with sex at all? Or when do you first remember like learning about sex as a concept? I became more curious about that because my mom always telling us, me and my older brother, that this is your private part. No one is going to touch it. You're not going to show it to anyone. So I became more curious, I think, because of hearing that we cannot do it. It turned me in that way that, oh, what if I find someone in my age and we try to show each other our private part? And probably I thought there shouldn't be any danger because she is my age or probably younger than me. And we are going to do this real quick. I don't think I had the feeling about sex or sexual interest at that point. Mm -hmm. The first time I felt something different in my body was I probably was five, six. I exactly don't remember what age I was. One of my family members was talking to my mom and my mom is a doctor and she probably felt something under her breast and she wanted my mom to check that. Mm. And I was there. I was five or six. So they never thought that it's uh, probably not appropriate time for me to be there. So my mom started looking around her breast and doing some examination. And I felt something is getting hard in my underwear. I left the room to check what's happening. I think that was my first time seeing boner. And I went to my room. It wasn't going away. It was there. And I probably stayed there for 10, 15 minutes. But I still remember that as in my first sexual feeling. I was probably five or six. And so then when did you start exploring it further? Did you start touching yourself once you were like, hey, this thing is happening? Or were you a little older? I was older, probably 13 or 14. I masturbated for first time. I didn't know what masturbation means. I noticed my brother sometimes, we share a room together, you know, playing or touching his uh, penis for longer than usual. He was one year older than me. But I didn't know what that is. I don't know if he was masturbating or something else was happening there. I remember I was playing uh, soccer in my grandfather's backyard. One of their neighbors was walking, probably to go to a party, and she was wearing a short skirt with very thin pantyhose. Mm. And so in Iran, you need to cover your body. Probably she was going to get in the car, so she didn't have to cover that much. And the same feeling came to me, and they got hard seeing that. So I went to home, and I don't know, for some reason, I laid down, and I was rubbing my body against the carpet. Mm. I wasn't naked. I had my pants and underwear. After probably five, ten minutes, I closed my eyes, and I was just dreaming whatever I saw earlier. And after ten minutes or so, probably, I came for the first time, and I felt fucking awesome that was my first masturbation i didn't know that means masturbation but later on after probably six months after that i found out that's uh, that's masturbation okay i'm guessing you did it again before you that six month mark right yeah of course and the only thing i was thinking or dreaming about was that lady with short skirt and pantyhose. wow and rubbing myself against the carpet not using my hands but then Probably a year after that, I talked to friends or classmates, and I was probably late middle school. Mm. And I found out, oh, that's a masturbation, and people do differently. They used hands, and then I started using my hands and got better. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, on the carpet, was it like bare skin to carpet, or was it like inside your pants, or what? Yeah, yeah, inside my pants. I was coming in my underwear. Okay. 
and I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. So I was just putting between 30 clothes so no one could see that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I would do. That's what I did with cum gels, yeah. So it sounds like your mom at least told you a little bit about bodily autonomy. Did you get a sex talk from parents? Yeah, I was in high school. or She started talking to me. My dad never taught anything about sexual stuff. He passed away. He was, he was a great, great father, open-minded person to some extent. He never taught us or talked to us about sexual things. My mom was explaining me uh, about the puberty, and she probably assumed that I don't know what puberty means or I don't know what masturbation was. So, and she felt that I'm growing up, I'm going to go through this process. And she started talking to me about this stuff, but not a good way. So she basically approached by saying that masturbation is not good. Oh. The whole point was masturbation is not good and uh, you should avoid in very, very simple words. You're going to get the boner. You're going to feel uh, you need to do something with that. And that need should remain or should be under control or something like that. I don't exactly remember. Okay. But the whole point was masturbation is not good. But I already knew that. I already knew masturbation is good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I will take uh, that under control. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> won't do that thing. I have no idea about. Yeah, good. Okay. Okay. So you got a little bit of a talk. But it sounds like you also did talk with your friends about sex it sounds like you at least talked about touching yourselves did you initiate that did they initiate that was there like a wise one among you i wasn't very shy with my close friends i think i started talking they said similar stories so back then i don't think anyone had a girlfriend or if they did no one could have sex in a very close community but later on when i was 16 17 18 that age i knew that a couple of my friends had girlfriends and one of them was having sex with his girlfriend. I never had a chance to have a girlfriend during high school, but after high school, I lost my virginity to hooker. It was really hard approaching to a girl, talking to a girl. I wasn't shameful or I wasn't shy to do this, but I was kind of afraid of being arrested or being pointed out. So people could judge about me as this person is against the community. This person doesn't follow the rules. Mm. And a lot of people like me were doing the same thing. Yeah. And I bet probably 50% or 60% of my friends didn't lose their virginity up to 25, 26 age. Yeah. So one of my friends got to know this hooker, probably he slept with her. And then he brought one time to my grandfather's place while they were gone. We had sex with her separately, not threesome. And I lost my virginity. And then after I fell up, sex is good it's better than masturbation so i started you know looking around i at age of 19 or 20 i seeing some girls i got some more freedom at the school and i had a couple of sex with different people protected and back then keeping the virginity of the marriage for girls was very important i mean girls high school age or even early college ages they try to avoid vaginal sex so anal was an option always <laughs> oh my gosh after sleeping with hooker i think i got my first anal experience with a girl who came from other city to our college she had her own room so i went to her room and we started having sex for a few months and we broke up and then you know it happened with two three other people until i found my first relationship a long-term relationship and i was with her for a few years was that the kinky one the 19 year old kinky one yes okay 
Can we go back and fill in a couple of details? For example, like, did the hooker give you a tutorial? Was there any pleasure? Was it just like fucking? Was there mouth stuff? I don't think I received oral. And I walked to the room. I was fucking horny with Boner, jumped on top of her and started having sex. I don't think it took that long, probably 10 minutes until I came. Okay. So for first few times, the first few months, I was real quick. Okay. Were you nervous? It doesn't sound like you were nervous at all, were you? First time I was nervous. Oh, you were. Okay. But after that, after a few times, then I just started thinking about like how amazing sex could be. And I tried to forget about the nervousness or being anxious. So I enjoyed much better. Although after probably a year or two having sex with different people, my whole body got changed and it took me for a while to come. Mm. And I still have the same issue. I don't know if it is issue or it's something pleasure or gift. Mm. I can have sex for hours. I can control myself not to come. When did that start happening for you? It started happening when I started my relationship with the person I was talking about. Probably a few times we had sex. I was like in 10, 15 minutes duration of the sex. And after that, it suddenly got changed. And since then, it could be an hour, two hours, whatever, whenever I decide to come. But it cannot be less than 30 minutes. Ooh. I need a lot of concentration and the focus. And in the relationship that I am right now, marriage, since I'm in a very monogamous relationship, I fantasize a lot to be able to come. Ooh, okay. Before we get to those fantasies, I want to hear about that first relationship. And how did you even learn about kinky stuff? I would say porn was the material taught me kink. So whatever we are seeing from the porn, we can you know directly apply in our sex life. I think the girls were on the same page because if we didn't talk about sex in our childhood or when we were growing up, of course, girls probably had less or never been taught about sex. So I think they saw porn and they watched porn as well. You know, they thought that that's the sex and everything is on the table. We didn't know that porn is different. We thought that porn is material for education. It taught me and taught my ex-girlfriend after probably six months of having regular sex, we thought that we need to have some booster. We need to add some element to our sex. And that was the risk. So we started engaging a risk in our sex life by giving oral in the car or having sex back of the car or parking somewhere in the winter and making a car foggy so no one could see inside and having sex or going behind trees having sex we started having sex like that way at night because it was less risky and then we added more risk to that and try to do enough in day wherever the people are and we try to go there and do some sexual activities and very secretly so that they couldn't understand what's going on that was turning us up wow okay to give our listeners a little bit of context and understanding can you tell us what consequences might have awaited you had you been caught you're still in iran at this point right yeah the consequence could be jail in the better way you will be fined i don't think it was an option there probably now as the government became more smart and then find people for that but jail or being whipped or punished was a big option there i know some people that they got caught having sex at the house without being in marriage together and then they were forced to marry each other what 
that was the thing. I don't know if it is now, but early 2000, late 1990s, that was a part of stupid law. It was like risky and we enjoyed that risk. I was saying, it turned you on a lot. Wow, that's really incredible. I don't know what's coming from, probably mental or producing some uh, hormones in the body that I can enjoy. I don't know exactly what that is, but it turned us on, both of us. Okay. So was public sex most of the kind of kinkier stuff that you did with that partner? Or did you do anything that was like power play-y in the bedroom? Or like, what? tell us more about what you discovered about your kinky self as you grew up. We didn't have chance or I don't think it was any sex toy back then in Iran. So one of the things that it was kinky then was anal sex. So we got engaged in anal regularly. And I watched a lot of porn. We watched some porn together. And I fell in love giving a facial cum shot. And I think after a few months being with each other, I always finish myself on her face or her mouth. She enjoyed that as well. And being outside, try to you know, have anal sex outside, putting the lube into somewhere that you just want to keep your eyes around and you don't know where you're rubbing the lube. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most kinky thing that we did, like outside anal sex. <laughs> okay. What happened after that partner? Like, how did your sexual self continue to unfold? Like I said, I grew up with that relationship and I learned a lot of sexual feelings, sexual positions, sexual activities with her. But our sex life was monogamous. Then once we broke up, so she cheated on me two times with the same person in different time. I was angry. I think I was angry at girls and I thought all the girls are cheaters. So I started sleeping around, messing with the girls. I was probably 25, 26. And the community wasn't that close as it was before. It was the past seven, eight years. A lot of things got changed, although it was risk there. But people got more open-minded. People were dating. People getting you know more pleasure from sex. So I tried to sleep with a, a lot of girls. And all of them, like, one-to-one. We didn't have any other partner joined to us. So I had a lot of multiple sex with different people in one day. And I could have sex with five people in one day. I could have come five times. It was pleasure at the time. Although I say that, that I lied to some girls that I saying that you are my only partner. Okay. I was going to say, did any of them include threesomes? No threesome before I came to the United States. How are you meeting all of these people? Was it easy for you? Do you just have a ton of social energy? Exactly. So some people got referred from their ex. It doesn't make sense to people who have no experience living there. So I used to share some ex numbers or not ex. Like some people that I had sexual relationship with, my friends, and they call, talk, or introduce sometimes to each other. No Tinder, no, I don't know, other websites. I would love to be personally introduced to people. I hear that that happens in some like polyamorous communities, but I've never been a part of it. But I'm like, oh, someone I know is vouching for you? Cool. Yeah, we don't have bars. Alcohol is prohibited there as well. So the only way is like seeing girls outside, approaching to her and talking to her. That's the only way. Or being introduced by someone else. Yeah. You cannot talk more than 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's still people looking at you. What are you doing here? What's your relationship with this girl? Really? Not now. Back then. Yeah, not now. So you had to be good at talking pretty fast. Are you like pretty smooth talker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be very fast. And uh, we want my number. I'd like to have your number. Yes or no? Bye. This is my number. Okay. 
no, get the fuck out of here. So <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And then would you talk more on the phone? Like, did you have to charm people or were people like kind yeah, of. Yeah, phone and then, you know, sneaking out, going on the date, probably some restaurants, no bars again, no alcohol. <sighs> and then until the point that we can have some sexual talk, sexual relationship. And now at first it's different. So you can go find someone and have sex. I think whole community got exploded because of all the limits and the restrictions that government apply to the people. Oh, wow. People say, fuck it. I don't want this lifestyle. It's not just one person. It's all the youth that they have to follow the stupid rules. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't have a hard time finding girls. I was charming. I was helpful. I got my master's engineering field back then, and I helped a lot of girls. If they were doing like studying, I could have helped them understand the material you do their homeworks or whatever and then the stuff that get the blowjob you know <laughs> it's like you're like that's like a, such a great study incentive like the hot tutor that you get to blow that's amazing and like presumably you were actually helping them too right yeah help, helping them for sure it's not one way i love that and i just didn't ask them oh okay i'm gonna do this and you're gonna give me a blowjob no never no so very friendly in a friendly way. Although I thought about having sex with the person, but I didn't want to, you know, put her in the corner. Yeah. Say, this is your only option. I hated that. I wanted to have sex with someone that she wants to have sex with me. Same. I want that too. Yeah. Yeah. She comes to me and say, I want to have sex with you. I want to suck your dick. I enjoyed that. I never obligated anyone to have sex with me. So I was 27. Then I said, I'm going to United States. I came here for a PhD. I didn't have a you know serious relationship. I could say bye to everyone easily. So I came here. That was totally different lifestyle. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Tell us how it was coming over here. Was it like culture shock? Was it sexual culture shock? Was it just like a field day? Like, were you like throwing a party? I had a chance to go to different countries, like Western countries, not the United States. For week two, for vacation, I could connect myself better than my other friends. That okay. was their first time saying bye to close culture country, come to the United States. But it was hard to find first girl. 
And so when I came to the United States as a PhD student, I had some friends from the same country that, who lived before me for a few years, and they started teaching me some ways of finding girls. Okay. I'm a gym guy, so I always go to the gym. Since I was like 17, I was really in shape, muscular, and I think at first I found a girl from my college in the gym. I didn't want to approach her directly. So there was a list of the people coming to the gym. You need to write your name, your it's called A number, student number. So you're recognized as a student for that school. So no one could come out of this college. Mm -hmm. So I saw this girl multiple times in the gym, never talked to her. I think my English wasn't as good as now. So I was kind of probably shameful of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want to approach as a stranger with not good English to someone and ask her out or start talking, just talking. Then I stayed there until she left. She left, she signed off. So I jumped that list. I got her name. So I went to our college website and found her email address. I emailed her. It turned out she liked me as well. Uh, Sometimes I help her putting the heavy weights out of the bar that someone left on the bar. She liked me and uh, we went out. We talked, we went for coffee. She was from here originally. And we started seeing each other. And, you know, that was my first girlfriend since I left the country. Wow. We had okay sex, not very kinky. I didn't want to push her toward kink. She wasn't very experienced in the kink and was different culture. So I didn't know how to bring stuff up. I wasn't comfortable talking to her about other kinks. So... After a year or two, she graduated, she left, and we broke up. But being with a girl for two years, all the shame was gone. I got to know the culture better. I adjusted myself, and I started seeing other people. I had no fear or shame approaching someone that I liked. She got my eyes, and I go and talk to her. That's a great skill. Yeah, yeah. I had no problem talking to girls in Iran, although it was very close and risky situation. And it was bothering me. So I was telling myself, why can't you go and just say hi and introduce you, not just because you want to sleep with that person, as a person, you know, I had other friends from different countries, like guys, not girls. And since I overcame that fear, I started seeing and talking to other people. And my life got changed. Then, probably 2012, 13, Tinder came, you know, mm -hmm. okay, Cupid came, I signed up, and I got to know a lot of people and had a lot of kinky sex with them. Ah! Uh, what do you remember from that time? Like, what did you love? What did you explore? What stands out to you? I loved how easy it could be approaching to someone, talking to someone from different sex that we were obligated in Iran. Even in our school, we were just boys. Girls had different school. So that was a very good impression on me. So, okay. And people are seeing each other as a human, not a sexual object. It could turn to be a sexual relationship or kink relationship or whatever. But two people, two humankind are talking to each other regardless. Yeah. We didn't have that since we were limited that, okay, but boy is not supposed to go talk to a girl. And the only thing we thought that might be because of that is sex. Because you can have sex with that girl. So you cannot go talk to a girl. Here, I was 30. I learned that I can have 
conversation with a girl without having any sexual thought. Yes. So I blame stupid uh, regulations, restrictions that government can enforce to own people. However, probably a lot of people that they are living in such countries, they don't know you or they should experience something for a long time. It took me a year or two, a year at least, to feel that way. Yeah. So I got to know the different people, very transparent, talking about sexual desires, if it is sexual relationship. And, you know, we don't need to hide anything from each other. If it is just sexual relationship, very open, you know, sharing what I want, what she wants. I'm, I, I would say 100% straight. I'll explain later, but, you know, but that's why I'm always uh, referring to she, 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 not he. So, yeah, it was easy after I figured out that, okay, that could be easy. That's amazing. I would love to hear at this point some specifics about what your physical body loves. I feel like we have a good kind of like landscape of the time that led up to meeting your wife. And before we get into the details of like your current fantasy life, I just want to hear... Like, can you just tell us the specifics of your penis? What is it like? What are your balls like? Do you do butt stuff at all? I don't have small or very penis. Balls are not big, but they can produce good load. <laughs> Great. Do they like to get played with? Yeah, yeah, of course. I probably prefer oral sex to other sex. So I love receiving deep throat. I mean, I admire a girl who does that. Yeah. I know you know how to do this. I love deep throating. I do it with condoms now. And it's very good. It's very good to give safe blowjobs with condoms. I wish I'd known that before I got throat herpes, but I'm so good. I love it. Yeah. And I love very specific way that the hand is involved right in front of the mouth. And when it goes all the way down, hands is getting disengaged. disengaged. And then when it comes up, yes. yeah, yep. hands come with that. And it should go up to the point that my tip of my penis is being touched. Okay. So when a girl is giving me a hand job or blow job at the same time, I love my tip of my head to be touched as well. So it should go like all the way out. Yeah. Yeah. From very beginning to the end of the shaft. I don't just want my shaft to be touched or to be jerked. It should go all the way up with my mouth being engaged with a lot of his pet. I love that. I love a sloppy, sloppy blow job. Yes. Sloppy so good. When I see girl on the knees, the spit is dripping from the chin on her breast or on her legs. That's a big turn on. Yeah, yeah. I love it when my eyes cry if deep throating is happening. That's amazing. And uh, some girls let me just hold their head and fuck their throat. That's hot too. That's amazing. I don't know if it is dominating or I just feeling the sense of that or feeling something that I'm putting my cock through. That's the only way I can make me calm. Besides some anal position. Okay. Ooh, what anal positions make you come? Ooh, but also, have you come in a throat before? That's something that I have never had, but I do dream of. Yeah, I, I have. Not too many times. Because there were girls that wanted me to come in their throat, and I did. To me, it's the same feeling than probably coming in the mouth or somewhere in the mouth, not necessarily throat, but I cannot compare to the face. So my first target is face. Okay, so like a good throat fucking with a face finish would be like a nice ideal little afternoon delight? That's the best thing I can get from the sex. Amazing. I don't care that I'm gonna fuck someone in the pussy. Anal I mean, is always welcome. And blowjob, not the beginning blowjob to get it started. Should be always an option. 
amazing. I like having the menu. Like, I feel really happy when I have a partner that wants to, like, use all the parts of me. Can we hear about those anal positions that make you come? Yeah, the best anal position is doggy anal position. Mm. And cowgirl? What's that? Cow? Like reverse cowgirl? With her on top facing away? Yes. Something that I can see the asshole. Yes. And I try to go, you know, I don't start like hard. Warm up. And when I notice that this is a good time, I start very slowly. But I love when I pull it out and the tip comes out and I can see a little bit of the gape. Like, I can see that I made this. Yeah. I made this asshole from being like this tight to accepting and pleasing my cock. My cock probably looks thicker than longer if you compare it to the average. And uh, probably it takes a little bit uh, more time for warm up because I need to warm up my partner more because of the thickness. Yeah. But I never received bad experience, a bad a verbal expression from my partner i don't like it no it hurts so i spend probably half an hour on the warm-up part because i want this to be continued and the only way this could continue happening is that she should love it my partner should love that too right yes getting warmed up was one of my favorites can you tell us how you would warm people up i usually use lube or in some kinky way spirit so I, I probably use my partner's spit on that. So after blowjob, you know, receiving sloppy blowjob, I use that. I scoop it and put it in the anal area. Starting with my thumb, rubbing around. Sometimes I lick the pussy at the same time. I enjoy giving the oral and rubbing the anal area. You know, start with putting my thumb inside and then changing the position so I can get that more stretch with one or two fingers, add more loot, more spit back and forth and give some time, even stop for a while, make out, and then go back again to that position. So it should be pleasurable for my partner. I don't like shoving my penis into the ass just for my own pleasure. If I notice, oh, this partner is not loving this, I would probably lose my erection. Yeah. When I see my partner is loving that and want me to be more harsh, to fuck you harder, even anal position, that turns me on. Amazing. Yeah, I'm not a selfish guy. I just want everyone enjoys at the same time. Fuck yeah. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know? The Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. 
It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Are you mostly finding partners who are already into anal, or do you sort of transform people into lovers of anal? Like, have you introduced some people to their buttholes? Probably in the beginning, I don't have this specific conversation. Oh, hi, this is Ryan. I met you here. I like you. And do you like anal? <laughs> so at the beginning, probably I don't know if this person is into anal or wants to have anal sex unless... You know, I found a couple of people in OkCupid and there are questions that you can go through the answers of the yeah. people. And some people answer, yes, I'm into anal or I'm into threesome or other things. So fuck yeah, I'm going to add this person. I am laughing also because I have been the person that was like, hello, nice to meet you. Do you like anal? Like I've been that person and it didn't go well. So like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If a lady approaches me and says, do you like anal? I wouldn't mind to say yes. Yeah, I just asked someone who didn't. I just happened to like hit a person that did, that wasn't into it and they got nervous and I was like, I'm sorry, you know, like, but it's good. Get to know people first. Yeah, approaching to a lady with that question could be, you know, very unpleasure. Then probably a lot of guys prefer to be asked, huh, Eno, do you like Eno? I'm one of those. I don't mind. Yeah, fuck yeah. 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 Just uh, ask me any question. So unless I know from the profile from other website that person loves anal so i can talk about that free but in tinder if, if you get to know someone i haven't been in tinder for eight years since i got into a relationship i don't know what options have been added lately in tinder i got matched with someone and uh, i don't know anything about her so we should go out we should talk and then probably i'll bring it to the point that okay i'm into anal after you know feeling comfortable with that person and uh, if someone says, yeah, I, I like it, that's great. If someone says, I thought about it, I never did that, but I'm open to go through that process with you, I will be more than happy to help her to enjoy. Or probably there's a harsh no. So I had all of these people with different opinion about anal sex. Beautiful. You mentioned being particularly straight. You also mentioned it sounds like you have some experience with trans women. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I remember when I was back home, I got some porn from friends, transgender porn, basically. And I enjoyed that very much. It wasn't legalized then back home. So I never experienced a sexual thing with transgender before I came to the United States. But I was turned on by watching the, you know, they call female transsexual porn. And I enjoyed it. So I got to see people in Tinder or in OkCupid, transgenders. And I say, yeah, fuck yeah, new experience. I want to do that. I was you know, always up, never experienced anything in my anus. But I found many transgender women on the OkCupid, Tinder, and I had sex with them. One of my friends here, he was kinky. We were uh, roommates for a while. And we had to bring the idea of the threesome to other partners. And whoever accepted or were open, so we organized the threesome. It was always one female or one transgender, mm -hmm. never experienced two females. And uh, I regret that. I tried. I couldn't make it. And then I got the relationship. I became monogamous and was not an option after okay. that. So with this guy, we always brought to our partners. They are uh, open to have uh, threesomes. Some of them know. Some of them, they block us. Some of them, <laughs> you know, they say yes. 
And we had basically multiple threesomes with one woman, me and my friend with a trans woman. Most of the cases are were DP, and we have double anal with the transgender. We loved it. We both loved it. We got to know most of these female transgenders. They had poppers. They used that to probably relax themselves. Yeah. I tried that. I experienced not just because I wanted to be fucked, but I tried that and it turned me on and it made me come so hard. Tried poppers or you tried getting... Yeah. Mentally, there's something going on. I don't know what's going on. It's like There's a rush in your body and you want to just fucking come. Mm, wow. And I really enjoyed that. You mentioned the double penetration. That happens to be one of my great fantasies, but I don't think I've actually talked to someone who's like done it. Tell me about it. I want to hear everything you want to say about it. <laughs> so in most cases, we talk about that beforehand. So we had probably anal sex with our partners individually, mm-hmm. and we know that person is an anal. And we, when we are bringing the idea of having threesomes, we go through the details and say, can someone fuck you, pussy, the other one fuck you, ass? We didn't have any problem with, you know, DP. From my end, my friend brought, probably they didn't have anal sex or that person wasn't open to have DP. Didn't happen. In many cases, I was the first one uh, approaching to give the warm-up. And my friend helped as well. So it's not just me playing with the asshole, licking the asshole or robbing the asshole. We, We take turns. We didn't, you know, share our spit together with my friend, but we used lube. And I think most cases were pleasure for three of us. The double anal penetration, though, it is uh, kind of tricky because there are two penises going to the... We didn't have too many of those, but probably, I don't know, six times. You cannot shove both penises at the same time. So one person goes in, and then after you know, a few minutes, the other person is you know, adding some finger, more stretch, and then penis will come in. And my friend doesn't have the thick cock. So we could have done that multiple times successfully. And a couple of occasions we were asked to do that. Yeah. Did you have a preference when it came to being the first person in or the additional penis? Or did you always go in a certain order? Did you switch off? No, it wasn't always the case that I start first. Okay. One time I went to my friend's home. So my friend or I, we had multiple dick pictures because the person we we want to have threesome. Most cases wanted to see our face if she doesn't know us, our dick or whatever. So I was in the school. I'm not religious. Someone at the school wanted to teach me the Bible. And I'm not the person I can say no, no, no. Oh. I don't want to hurt someone's feeling. So we had this couple of, you know, Bible study at the school sometimes, once a week or one, every other week. So he was supposed to come to see me at 11 o'clock. My friend texted me at 10.50, you down for threesome tonight? And I said, yes, send me a dick pic. And I sent to this guy who was supposed to come and teach me Bible. When I did that, I was making sure that I sent the right picture. And I noticed, oh, fuck, 10.50, I sent my dick picture. 11 o'clock, I met him. Oh my and God. no one talked about that. And I couldn't even say, sorry, Andrew. Or making excuse, you cannot make any fucking excuse for sending your dick picture to someone that's coming for Bible study. I never forget that. <laughs> so the same night we went for to have a threesome, and she was shy. So my friend took her upstairs to his bedroom, and said, "Wait here, I'll text you." And after ten minutes, 
He texted me and said, come up. And when I went there, he was down licking her pussy. And she was not the same person that I met like 10 minutes ago. And she wanted me go and put my fucking cock in her mouth. We had amazing threesome, uh, DP. So yeah, I couldn't say, I wasn't hopeful that I'm going to get anything that night. But turned out, oh, that was the best threesome like, we had. Oh my gosh. Not, not all of them were facial cum shot, but I always kind of insist. That's the only thing that I insist, kind of. And if I reject it, I say, are you sure? In many cases, they didn't mind. I love it. I just have to keep it out of my eyes. I mean, I have gotten in my eye before, but that can get like riskier. And the times that it has gotten in my nose or my ear, I just cannot help it. I just like laugh. Like it makes me giggle so much because it's so silly to feel cum go up my nose. Like that's happened a couple times. <laughs> What's the good thing about that for you? What turns you on to do that? I love receiving it. I have never received it from someone who I haven't like known a little bit. It is something that I was introduced to in the context of more kinky stuff. And I think boyfriends, I actually didn't know that there were so many people out in the world that are like, oh, no, I would never like it is a hard boundary for many people. I understand now. But for me, it's just like, I don't know. It's silly. It's playful. It's fun. It's hot. It can get in my mouth. I can lick it. And it's just like it goes back for me to I want my partner to use every part of me. So if they feel inspired to come on my face, if that's something that turns them on, then it does get really hot for me. And I get to look at it like especially if I'm with someone who can kind of like tell me like I love watching come come at my face. But I close my eyes if it, it gets close. <laughs> you know, like I just have to be careful about my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, the worst thing is getting in the eye and gets pinky eye or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I love seeing the face up, head back on the knee, waiting for to shoot my load. I don't know. There's something in that mentally or sexually that's always appealing to me. And I always masturbate to a completion port. I think for me, it is the surrender of just like being there. But I've only ever done it laying down. I actually would love someone to come on my face like if I was on my knees, if I'd been like deep throating them. And then like if I came like, I don't know. Have you ever done that where someone is like vertical? I haven't had that yet. Yeah, that's the position I always prefer. Like girl on the knees. I don't want to come falls down. I want to see after I'm done. Hot. And like the dripping down is better than just like kind of pooling. Yeah, so I try distribute my cum evenly, not just in one spot. He's a cum artist. Yeah, exactly. I can write down something lovely with my cum. I can type "love you." That's doing a cum spell. That's hot. That's super hot. That's the very, very, very sexually appealing thing to me. Okay, what other kinky stories do we need to know about you? I was like probably thirty-four, thirty-three, working in the field for experiment. So I received a text from OkCupid, a woman, like a MILF, older, texted me, uh, I want to devour you. I was like, is it a real person? Is that really happening? Is it fake? Because there are fake profiles as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I texted back and we finally exchanged numbers. I found out she lives close to me and we went on a date to a bar, 6 p.m. the same day, having that background or thought that they're going to have sex afterwards. So we went to on a day, you know, like half an hour drink, a beer, a couple of beers, and she got my address. And I drove, and she drove probably back, followed me, and we got to my house, and we started having sex right away. I ate her out really good. She enjoyed it very much. She came three times while I was eating her. Wow. And then vaginal sex, different positions, turned to be nice anal. 
And at the end, she got on her knees, sucked my cock, and I came on her face. And I aged myself after work at 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. multiple times. I was about to come many times. So I got fully loaded to come. So it was probably the most come I have ever came in my life. So she was covered. She loved it. And she was robbing, playing with the calm. And then her phone rang. And she said, can you please see who is calling me? She couldn't open her eyes. And it was a girl's photo, a very cute girl, the name. And I said, someone with that name is calling. And I said, she said, it's my daughter. I'll call her later. So I got the name. And I got attracted to that late girl. So I didn't know if this person has a real name. It turned to be no, not real name. And okay, Cupid profile. So I found this person by the mom in Facebook. Took probably a month or two after I slept with her mom to go on first day with her. The idea that I'm going to fuck her daughter was so fucking hot. I never experienced that. Like whenever I thought about it, my heart started beating so hard that, ah, what if I really fuck her? So turned to be she is kinky as her mom. <laughs> so we went on a date. We came our home, and I fucked her on the same bed. I did a lot of the same position with her, and I came on her face, too. Oh, wow. I didn't have a chance to sleep with her mom more than once, okay. but with her multiple times. Wow. I think her mom found out, and after that, she never answered my phone calls or texts. I mean, the daughter. Oh, okay. okay. But I had a chance to sleep with her for like six, seven times. And all was hot. Oh, my God. It wasn't just sex. It was like, oh, I fucked her mom as well. I fucked her mom in this position. Probably it sounds like uh, this guy's psycho, but it's really weird. It doesn't happen to many people. It probably ever happened to me again because yeah. it's so weird. That turns me on. There's such extreme novelty that I get attracted to or situations or the psychological just the chance to have it. For me, a lot of it has to do with following my curiosity and just being like, What's going to happen? Is this really going to happen? And also, thank God you're not a murderer. And also, like, it's a lesson in safety for all of us, too. You know, for people just, like, paying attention. Sounds like she was into you. <laughs> they both came multiple times having sex with me. Yeah. But probably they didn't like the idea of uh, having sex with the same guy, you know? Yeah. And it's also not the type of thing that culturally, socially, we could just bring up. Like, if you can't be like, do you like anal? You can't be like, are you into, like kind of incest swapping you know like like you can't ask people that you, you could never be like oh your daughter's beautiful you know I mean, maybe in some cases there are people that are into that they usually make it very apparent definitely a turn on that's at the edges of people's comfort level but i find it hot i get it certainly same thing to me and something that very low chance and with the chance that you never thought about it or you never would think about it when it happens sexually in a sexual way that's a big turn on to me mm. You know, probably other guys wouldn't like the idea of having sex with, not at the same time, with mom and her daughter, even separately. Yeah. But I fucking love that. Yeah. There are some people that are super turned on by that kink. So it sounds like your brain and the stories that it creates do provide a lot of hot context for you. At the beginning of our interview, you said you do a lot of fantasizing currently. Can you tell us a little bit about what your fantasy life is like? For me, as a kinky person who uh, experienced a lot of kinky things, like the stories I told you, going to monogamous relationship, it wasn't easy. But I got to the point in my life, I said, I want to have life with monogamous relationship. And for that, I need to stop at the point and I need to convince myself that 
whatever you have, you, you're lucky that you got these uh, opportunities. So I got to know my uh, girlfriend at that time, and we liked each other. We never had kinky, like the, the way that I explained myself, uh, like that, sex together. So it is regular sexual life, probably different positions, you know, vaginal, not really anal is involved, but we can touch her anally. I try to fantasize during the sex because, you know, I think after that experience and your body, I don't want to call it addiction, but it could be addiction. After you do a lot of frequent sexual habit stuff in your life, you want to keep going because you enjoy it, right? For me, though, it's like when I go to a five-star buffet where the food is like top tier and then I'm getting a grilled cheese sandwich every day, like that's good, too. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. They are my favorite. But like this is different. It's not the same menu. Well, explain. Exactly. When you have a chance to do a lot of things and you enjoy all of it, you don't want to stop. I got to that point where I said, I want to have my family. I know I cannot do all of these things with family. I don't want to, you know, have a threesome with my wife. We wouldn't. I don't know. I thought about I fantasize about that, but it always are other girls involved. And fortunately or unfortunately, just a couple of hot friends, all married, but I always fantasize about them. Ooh. And I downloaded the app. I paid for an app. It's called FaceSwap. I don't know if you have heard that. You can take the face of someone and put in the porn movie. So I altered a lot of porns in the way that I could see that couple of people. Mm. And I fantasize about them, but I never brought it. I don't think my wife is into this thing. So I always fantasize. And I am happy with my life. I never thought about cheating. You know, I said I had enough. And although it's good to keep going and keep having yeah. But uh, I think I'm at that point of life that's saying, uh, no, let's give it a long-term chance for a monogamous relationship. Yeah. Do you ever talk about sex with your partner? Yes. We talk about that, that we need to add uh, what toy. We, we add some toys recently. Ooh, like what? You know, backlog. We added those uh, vibrators that you'll charge and has big head and it goes around uh, clitoris. I got a cock ring for myself recently. Ooh, do you like it? Is it a vibrating one or regular? I wanted to start with the regular one. It wasn't comfortable at the beginning, but after multiple using, I think it squeezes a little bit of my veins or place that comes out and I can shoot harder. Ooh. It gives me more joy. So I use it. Cock rings for more joy. Yes, please. We added those and we're trying to uh, do different things, not outside of monogamous, to keep that appealing to each other. Totally. And we love each other. Yeah, fantasy is always there. And when I come, I always close my eyes and fantasize about how people got involved in our sex or whatever. And uh, it makes me come. Otherwise, it's really hard. I have to focus pretty hard or I have to be in a very specific state of relaxation. You know, that's why like getting beaten out of my mind and then like fucked silly is really good for me. But if I'm with a vanilla partner, I definitely have to find a lot of internal relaxation and like a lot of kind of focus for myself. So I can relate to that. I have tried a few methods like yoga beforehand and meditation beforehand. It was really helpful. Yeah. But, you know, at night you don't have time. I'm an early bird. I have to get up early to catch a certain train to go to work. During the weekend, yes, but in the day, the weekdays. Yeah. On the weekend, do you have a favorite time of day to have sex? Like if everything is an option, what's your ideal? Early morning, but there, it's not an option anymore. So we have three kids now and someone is up at six o'clock. Got it. And our only time is after the kids go to sleep. Okay. What are your sexual hopes for yourself going forward? 
I really hope that I can bring more pleasure to our sex without making myself or my wife upset or regretful in the future. Looking into different ways, reading more, reading other people's experience who are in this. There are a lot of people like me in a monogamous relationship and try to do different things in a certain way, not exceeding some rules. And I could have learned like bringing some different toys or, you know, doing other stuff, massage, giving massage, receiving massage before sex, like this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long it's going to go, but I'm pretty sure that I can find other ways to make it fascinating. It's still fascinating. Fuck yeah. That's how my parents did, my grandparents, other people, most of the people. Although it's boring sometimes, but if you're happy with the person you are, you got to, you know, ignore some parts. Well, I think there's always an opportunity for creativity and exploration, personally, in all kinds of different ways. And it sounds like you really are a smart explorer. So I will be curious to hear what you come up with. Is there anything else that we need to hear about or know about your sex life to have kind of a complete-ish overview? I had a couple of times sex with, they call CC, have you, are you familiar with CC term? It's like Tell us your experience with it, because I know it can mean different things to different people sometimes. A guy who is very feminine and looks feminine and wears feminine clothes. And we thought that probably he is transgender, but turned out to be not transgender. It's a regular guy, but in a very attractive way. And we had sex. All of them were kind of threesome with my friend. But I don't think I'm fascinated or open to even sexually think about that I can have sex with my same gender. It's like I'm not fighting with this idea. I'm born to be straight. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're just really into femmes, like femme people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Femmes. That's a good one. Okay. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Definitely I go to, before my college age, to Iran, educate myself more about sex, about having a like, regular relationship with a, another girl without thinking about having sex with that person. And think twice before each relationship. So my first monogamous relationship, which, take, which took three and four years, and she was a cheater, although we had amazing sex. Yeah. She cheated, I don't know how many times, but I would teach myself, just don't let people fool you and, and be more wise. Just I was in love with her and I closed my eyes to everything. Yeah. And I blame society. I blame the regulation. I blame the law enforcement. That's saying that you cannot have a relationship with any girl before marriage. And when you get to know someone and you are developing your feelings so fast because that's your only chance or first chance or first option. And you don't think that you're going to have any other option. So I would tell myself, think twice before any relationship. Mm. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. It was really a pleasure. I was really looking forward to talking you and uh, you know sharing my life stories and experiences and i'm glad i got a chance thank you so much do you have a sex question for me i prepared two if you don't mind Ooh, i love questions i don't mind so if you are given two options i want to know what would you choose uh, as a regular person who is not suffering from poverty if you are given hundred dollars free sex toy or hundred dollars free food which one would you choose Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.